0: The holidays are a time where most office work slows down, rightfully so, but it's also an opportunity to catch up on some content and strategies when you have the extra bandwidth. One of those strategies is SEO, also known as search engine optimization. It's been around since the inception of the internet, but like most marketing tactics and freight, it takes a long time to find adoption. The problem now with what I'm seeing is companies that are deploying tactics that are past their prime and will likely get them nowhere except for wasted budget. Hello again, Blythe Bremley with digitaldispatch.io. And in this episode, I'm gonna break down how freight companies, and really any industrial B2B company should be using SEO in 2022 and beyond. Because while SEO shouldn't be your only strategy, it can have a lot of upside for years to come, as long as you're not letting any of those gurus fill your head with empty promises of tactics that worked a decade ago listen and learn my friends But our first topic Christmas came a little early for this Jaguars fan because Urban Meyer and the toxic leadership of that coach is out. Uh, Sorry, I had to sneak that first one in. But our first real topic for today is how we should treat SEO in 2022. Because SEO and freight is sort of thought of as a forward thinking marketing strategy. And it feels a little weird to be saying that because SEO as a concept has been around since the 90s. It took on mass adoption around the 200 around the 2000s. But SEO, before I lose a lot of you who may not, maybe not an, fully aware of what this sort of tactic and strategy is, SEO stands for search engine optimization. And it's essentially what you're doing is you are programming your site from a content perspective and from a tech perspective on hopefully targeting content that your users are or prospective users are targeting on those search engines. So if you put yourself in the mind of your customer, What problems are they experiencing? What are they going to Google to type in to Google to search for a solution to that problem? And does that content fit into what your company, your service, your product, What? type of product or service does that solve for that potential prospect that's coming to your site. But it doesn't just stop there. There's a a lot of tech angles that can happen with this, with SEO as much as it is involved on the content side. So people typically think of SEO when it comes to blog content, uh, YouTube content, even images to an extent, but it's just as technical as it is on the content side of things. Um, So when it comes to both of those sides of the coin of SEO, it can sound a little complicated, which is why my stance on SEO is that it should not be your only strategy. And the reason I bring this up is because, you know, it's proposal season, you're seeing a lot of insight, you're seeing a lot of back and forth uh, between prospective clients, current clients on what's working and what's not working, what they've tried and the past and what they're currently or what they want to try in the future. So the topic of SEO is brought up and I'm privy to some other agencies that are submitting these types of bids and these types of proposals. And what typically happens is these SEO or these marketing agencies, maybe they don't specialize in SEO because what they're sending over is they're sending over keyword phrases and they're sending over the estimated volume for that search engine phrase. So the estimated volume is the amount of times that that particular phrase is being searched online. Now, little did these guys know, especially if the agency doesn't specialize in SEO, that there are some common misconceptions when it comes to these phrases versus their keyword volume. And there was a recent thread that caught my eye from uh, the CMO over at Ahrefs, which is an SEO. It's sort of a tool that helps your SEO strategy all encompassing. So your backlinks, uh, the keywords you're trying to rank for, the volume, the research portion. So all of these different factors all factor into SEO. But he had a thread of the common misconceptions, and I'm going to run through them really quick. Uh, Search volume numbers are annual averages. So say you're looking for uh, Christmas shipping suppliers in the month of November, you might see an estimated monthly volume of 30,000 searches a month. But those averages are based on a month, are based on annual averages. So they're not based on maybe all of those searches being conducted in the month of November there that is an annual average, not a monthly average. Uh, not all searches. Next one on the list is not all searches resulting clicks. Have you ever searched for something on Google and then you found the answer right on Google? You didn't even have to click through the article. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Also, advertisers might steal your clicks. If there's a particular highly competitive keyword, you can just skip all of the other organic results, and you can just pay for that first or th- first to the I think first the five results on Google are usually paid. So that's another one to keep in mind. And then also search volume numbers aren't particularly accurate. And the reason that they are particularly accurate is because Google collects all of that information and they only want to share it with themselves because they're trying to sell advertising against it. So when they're trying to sell advertising keywords, they don't necessarily share that data. They absolutely don't share that data with any other tools like a Ahrefs, like a like a Rush. So some of these other tools that are out there that can tell you, oh, this is the volume of searches. You really don't know because Google keeps that information very close to the chest. And then the last one that he said is that higher keyword search volume does not equal more traffic. The reality is, is that if you're trying to rank for a specific keyword, a lot of companies will take that approach that they'll see that keyword. And then what they'll do is they'll write one blog article that's 500 words in length. And then they wonder six months from now, why am I not ranking for this keyword phrase yet? Well, Google doesn't really know that you're covering that in depth. And so that's why you're not ranking for that keyword. So there's a bunch of different sort of philosophies and strategies and tactics around modern day SEO. But how should freight? think about this in 2022 and beyond. And that's what I'm going to cover now because from my perspective, the overall tips to approach SEO in freight, it shouldn't be your only strategy, but it can be a limited strategy that you implement now with a minimal investment that can have long-term value. So knowing the difference between High intent searches and low intent searches is probably the number one tip that I can give you. Let's throw this image up that is the SEMrush the tool that helps to identify high intent searches versus low intent searches. So using this as an example, I searched for trucking carriers in Simrush, And you'll notice on this list, RNL carriers are ranking for that keyword, but it probably has a navigational intent. So someone looking for directions to that facility. Facility, but bicycle carriers for trucks probably has a transactional intent. So, ideally, you want to attack the search engine phrases that have high intent, like the transactional example. Now, another approach that I can give you is being informational. So, maybe you have a TMS that you are offering up, or a TMS partnership, um, even a freight broker course to that example. Those are all high intent searches and but what you can do is you can be an informational approach to that first and then sell your course in addition to it. And what I mean by that is that by someone searching for something on Google, particularly in the in the B2B space, when they arrive on your website, if they arrive on your website, you don't know that they are going to convert. But what you can provide is you can provide valuable information to where it's so valuable that that person has no choice but to follow you on social media. And And so when they follow your company, maybe they follow you as a person, then that gives you an opportunity to continue showing your informational value to that prospect so that they eventually become a transactional customer with you. So that's a good example of keeping in mind as far as what you want to target between high intent and low intent searches. Now, how do we get accurate keyword information? And this is probably one of my favorite parts of the SEO research process because nobody really knows. It's the million-dollar question that most agencies wish that they can answer, but if they do answer it with certainty, they're probably lying to you or they're probably inexperienced because... Like I said earlier, Google is the only one that has all of this accurate information, and they're not sharing it with any marketing agency. They're not sharing it with any SEO tool out there. You have to do this by doing research. And since there isn't a real way to know, you have to do some of that research manually. Now, one trick that I use is Google's autofill on private mode. So you open up your browser on private mode because you don't want your current history affecting what the results are going to be. You want it to be a clean slate. So you start out on private mode. And I use the same example as I used earlier, trucking carriers. And if you're looking at the screen, you'll notice that there are different phrases that auto-populate in Google because those results have been searched so much that Google thinks that that is what you're trying to search for. So if you notice on the autofill, you can check this out. And then you can see if any of those phrases fit your business. So knowing that exact phrase is, you can ask yourself, do any of these fit my business? And then also the next one on the list is because you're not just going to look at the autofill, you're gonna actually search for that phrase And then see what the rest of the results are, because there's another section on the Google results page, the first page that says people also asked. And that's a section for more ideas. This usually appears in the middle of the search page, sometimes towards the top. So don't forget to check that section. And then there's also another section at the bottom of the page one results, and it's called related searches. So these are more content ideas and other relevant searches that Google, if you didn't Find the information you were looking for, this is what they think you are trying to search for. So these are where you can get your content ideas from on what to publish in the future. Now, one of my more favorite tricks to use is called the ABC method. And what you do is you do use the same keyword phrase that I just said, trucking carriers. But then what you want to do is you want to put a space and then start with the letter A. And you can see, if you're watching on the screen, you can see all of the next, you're going to do the same exact thing that I just said. You're going to check this part. You're going to check people also ask. You're going to check the bottom of the search results page, but you're going to look at what Google is auto-filling, write those down, any of those that are attributable to your business. And you're going to do it for A, you're going to do it for B, you're going to do it for C, D, E, F. You're going to go through the entire alphabet in order to see all of the different results that Google is auto-filling. Now, this gives you insight as to if that phrase is being searched enough, Google is going to list it on the autofill or they're going to list it on the people also asked section because those are the phrases that they think you're trying to go for that you haven't found yet. And so that's where your company can look at those different phrases and then be able to pick and choose which questions that are being asked, which phrases are being used. And then that way you can take whatever is applicable to your business and then you can make make a giant spreadsheet, and then you can take that content because the next step is taking those, free, t- taking those phrases and those keywords and then making a list of how you want to target them. So the way that you want to think about targeting them is focus on where it makes sense, obviously, the high intent versus the low intent. And then you want to have a blog article that's at least 1,500 words. This tells Google that you're doing a comprehensive guide, that you're not just writing 300 to 500 words and it's going to be super short and to the point which on social media you want to be short and to the point but Google likes it when you are in depth and comprehensive with that particular phrase so a blog article that's at least 1500 words you also if that's not really your style and you don't really want to hire a writer to write 1500 words what you can do instead is answer that same question on on a YouTube video YouTube is the second largest search engine on the planet and so th- coming at it from that perspective you can create a video that covers that same exact topic, that video is going to rank higher in the search engine results than the rest of written content because Google owns YouTube. So they want to be able to showcase their different product offerings and their different showcases for those different phrases. So thinking about it from a YouTube perspective, if you make a one one take video, you hit record on your phone, you cover the topic in depth, then you hit end, you upload it directly to YouTube, then you can take that video and you you can send it to a transcription service, you can send it to a blogger to just type out exactly what you said in your video. And that's your blog article. So it creates less work on your part in order to figure out some of the stuff that you can outsource. But some of this other, other parts of SEO you need to be able to choose where you're going to battle. And sometimes, in my opinion, it's both you need to be on YouTube and blog articles. But then you can also take the approach of this is what I've personally done is I do my keyword research, I write the blog articles, I post them to the site. And then after about six or eight months, I see which ones are performing well, if those which ones are performing well, probably choose a half a dozen of them, and then make a YouTube video from them. So then that way, I can hit from both angles, the people that learn visually and the people that learn by the written word. So both of those things are are highly, highly valuable as far as taking those phrases into the next step. Now, the final tip that I will give you is Google Search Console. It is the free, it's a free tool. It's one of the best SEO tools that you can add as far as your website is concerned. You integrate it by connecting Google Search Console onto your DNS settings. If you don't know what any of that phrase means, just send it to your developer and they should be able to take care of it for you. But your site absolutely should be verified in Google Search Console. I cannot stress that enough because when you check Google Search Console, it will tell you, What is resonating with users? How your site is showing up in search? Are you getting high impressions, but a low click-through rate? Is one article that could be just tweaked a little bit in order to take advantage of a higher click-through rate? Because you're getting 40,000 impressions on an article, but nobody's clicking through. So knowing that kind of insight can help you take advantage of the low-hanging keyword research, or the low-hanging keyword fruit is probably a better way to put it, to see how Google is Thinks your site is covering a particular topic and then also if users are finding it useful enough to see your search engine result and then click on it because that is part of the journey is that you want to do this research you want to solve problems for your audience and you want to create a resource on your website so then that way people can either follow you or they can become a partner with you so all of that keeping that in mind I could expand so much more on this SEO topic, but I didn't want to overwhelm. And obviously this is live TV, so I can't dive into uh, any more than what I've just sort of laid out. But that should give you a good perspective of how you can do your keyword research and start dipping your toes in the waters of SEO while it's still a somewhat valuable tactic, especially if you don't want to be on camera, even though I would still highly suggest that you should find somebody in the office that can speak intelligently about some of the topics that you would want to be ranking for and do it in a video format, have it transcribed, add it to your website and organic search once you start ranking for some keywords it has such a longer shelf life than say comparatively to a Twitter post that has a shelf life of like 2 minutes whereas an organic search engine result could have a lifespan of years so it's a really good gamble i think it should be part of an overall marketing strategy but i do not think it should be your core strategy but using those tips should help you sort of you know find the pathway of how you want to approach seo In 2022 and beyond, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Digital Dispatch podcast. If you like what you heard, consider sharing it with a friend. Podcast discoverability is a bit of a challenge for creators like myself, so word of mouth goes a long way. You can check out past episodes of the show by hitting up the learn page on digitaldispatch.io. I also have some free courses on the site that cover content marketing, distribution, and even how to audit your own website. That's going to come in handy as everyone starts to prepare for those 2022 budgets. While you're there, you can also check out our socials, the DIY shop, or custom services. Until next time, I'm Blake Brumlieb, and I will see you real soon.